Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. A special welcome back to 2020 to Alex Cook. Alex, good to have you back on 2020. Great to be with you, Neil, as always. Alex, let's talk through, more generally, some issues around the thought of Kingdom Wealth Foundations. And of course, uh, you know, this is not a get-rich-quick type conversation, but helping Christians (laughs) lay the right foundations when it comes to managing their money God's ways. Any thoughts here around the way that sometimes, as we introduce this type topic, uh, the way sometimes we think of wealth foundations as Christians? Yeah, look, I mean, as you say, we want to lay foundations because uh, as believers, we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. So, you know, I love, there's a great definition of the word stewardship, and that is stewardship is managing God's blessings in God's ways for God's glory, which I think is a great definition. Um, But to do that, as you say, we need to lay the right foundations. And, um, you know, there's a fabulous passage, and it's actually Jesus' words. It's in uh, Matthew seven twenty four. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, which I think is a very apt expression when we look at what's going on around the world at the moment. And really what the Bible is telling us is that we need to align our finances with God's word. In other words, we need to be obedient and use our money the way God intended for us to do so and put it into practice. So in other words, it's not just a case of hearing a nice talk about it, you know, on radio or from your pastor. It's actually a case of putting it into practice. And by doing so, you're laying good foundations. And when the storms come, and there are a lot of them at the moment, whether it's uh, you know, literal storms, uh, but you know, many people's financial worlds get knocked over very easily because it's not built on God's Word. We've talked about this before. Uh, there's a certain sense in which you can be very secular in your thinking about money. But if you become very Christian in your thinking about money, you recognize there is a spirituality there. Let's talk for a few moments about spiritual foundations, because I know you love to enlarge on this, uh, the spiritual foundations we need to have when we're thinking money. Yeah, so look, the Bible makes it very clear that we live in a spiritual world. And I think in a a nation like Australia, and particularly the way uh, that we're educated and taught, science is perceived as having sort of uh, triumphed over over a spiritual world. It's almost like the spiritual world doesn't exist. And we tend to be very natural. Uh, You know, we look around at what we can see and touch. And I think even Christians, even though we know scripturally that there is a spiritual world, we often discount it. We know we don't pay attention to it but the bible makes it very clear that we are in a spiritual world and there is good and evil and that there is an evil one there is an enemy who comes to kill steal and destroy and as believers you know we are as human beings we are made in god's image and the devil hates that and he wants to destroy us And one of the tools in which the devil can use against us is, in fact, money. And he can use money in all sorts of ways to affect us individually and, of course, as a society. Um, 
and you know what we're seeing around the world at the moment both with war and also you know some of you, your listeners would have heard of things like the great reset and things like that there is a lot of evil going on in the world that really comes out of the spiritual realm and so as a believer i need to sort of step back and say okay what's the implication of that well the implication of that is really as a believer i'm here for a short time and that god has given me resources that i need to manage Uh, and really those resources are in fact gods and i'm here for a short time to steward them you know there's a parable of the the gold bags or the parable of the talents as it's also called there's actually one that refers to it as the loan money and i would say to listeners actually think of your money as being on loan from god and you've got to uh, steward it well in the short time you have to manage it and of course money is spiritual because it's gods and we need to treat um, many of our financial decisions as spiritual decisions So we have money, but we're in a spiritual realm. Some people describe that as a spiritual battle. There's uh, light and dark, uh, the forces of darkness against the forces of God. And uh, this spiritual realm influences us. And as we're influenced, uh, that's going to affect the way we spend our money, use our money, invest our money. That's what you're getting at here. This spiritual realm has an influence on on us personally. Absolutely. And um, just to give an example, this is almost like a you know, personal confession on air. One of the big ways it can affect us is through our identity. You know, identity is how you see yourself, how you perceive yourself. And the, the Bible makes it clear that when you become a Christian, you are a precious child of God and that your, your worth, your value is in the fact that you're a child of God. But the world tells a very different picture. Uh, and many people get their identity from, you know, their job um, or from their assets, um, you know, the kind of house they live in, the, the school their kids go to, you know, all those kind of things shape people's identity and so you know I I recall when I was 21 I was a fresh-faced young stockbroker with a pinstripe suit and I wanted to be successful but not only that I wanted to look successful and I was almost almost unconscious about it and of course when someone wants to look successful you can you can guess what they do with their finances you know they spend it on expensive cars and um You know, I borrowed money to buy a European car. I had the expensive suit, all those kind of things because my identity was in worldly things rather than in the fact that I was a precious child of God. So in other words, the spiritual realm could have a very big influence over the way we see ourselves, uh, the perception we have, uh, and therefore the behavior that we then have with money. And of course, that can affect your finances very negatively if you are, if the demonic realm is actually influencing you negatively and therefore you're making bad financial decisions. Um, so you can see how it can impact people quite significantly. Oftentimes we're talking about money and identifying biblical foundations. And so we look for God's attitude to our money. But let's take a little opposite and uh, and get a bit of contrast here because the devil wants uh, to have influence over our money, as listeners can hear you say. But when we talk about the devil, <clears throat> pardon me, and his influence, uh, perhaps we're hearing some lies. So there's the truth about money, which we might say is coming from God. There might be lies about money. How do you identify the, the, the contrast, the opposite side of things here, Alex? 
Mm. Well, look, there's uh, there's what I call the lies of the devil here when it comes to money, and there are quite a few of them, but just a few brief ones. Uh, One is that you don't have enough. You know, the devil wants to convince you you don't have enough. In other words, he wants you to be discontent with your current circumstances, um, whereas the Bible calls us, uh, and and Paul says, you actually have to learn contentment. That's something that needs to be learned. Um, And so that's one of the immediate lies of the devil. And of course, it leads to poor behavior. You know, you end up working too hard, you're stretching yourself out trying to gain money and, and all that kind of negative thing that money money can do to you. Uh, another very common one that I see uh, you know, in Australia is this tendency to withhold. And we see that a lot when fear cre- creeps in. You know, the devil wants to, you know, when the coronavirus comes and war comes, people fear sets into their lives. And as a result of that, they withhold. And it's because of this fear that I might miss out on something. I won't be able to pay my mortgage. I won't be able to do these things if I hold the money back. Whereas God is the exact opposite. God wants us to step out in faith and live generously and to sow into things. So when tough times come, Christians should be doing the opposite. Rather than withholding, we should be stepping out and actually sowing into things uh, that make a difference. You know that make a big difference uh, in people's lives, and it also comes from an understanding that God is a generous God, uh, and that He is a God of abundance, which is made very clear in Scripture. And that when you give, it doesn't somehow disappear. You know, people think, "Oh, it's gone once I've given it." Well, actually, no. God is a God of abundance, and He can meet all your needs with no problem whatsoever. Um, so that's that's two of the lies. Another one, of course, and you see this a lot, is that money will provide me with security. Well, we know that the storms of life come, and at the end of the day, money is very transient, can come and go very easily. The Lord can give and take away, and money can disappear very, very quickly. The only real security we have is our is is in our trust and faith in God. He is the one that provides us with security, and He's the one that provides us with our eternal hope. Um, which we need to focus on when tough times come. So that's just a few. But I mean, as I say, there's there's many lies um, uh, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to finances. And uh, probably, in fact, probably the biggest one in Australia is that you need debt to build wealth. You know, we have a society that's totally uh, saturated in debt. With Australia now being the second most indebted households on earth, as m- listeners may have heard me say before, and it's this idea that you need debt in order to get ahead and build wealth. Um, the reality is it can lead to enslavement, though, and that's once again this is what the devil wants to do. He wants to lie to you so that you do and make poor financial decisions. We don't tend to think that, do we? Because uh, you know we talk about on this. Uh, segment each week, uh, these biblical foundations, godly foundations for managing our finance, uh, with the recognition what comes through frequently is that God leads us into freedom uh, in our finances, but uh, to ignore God actually is to make a choice the opposite way. And perhaps uh, we're seeing this fairly widely, and uh, we might even see it uh, come all the more when there's uh, pressure on mortgages and things when interest rates start to rise. The, the thought of enslavement to our money and an enslavement to debt, uh, we can get stitched up in all sorts of different ways, can't we? Absolutely. So in Proverbs, it says, the rituals over the poor and the borrower becomes the servant of the lender. 
And to me, what that tells us is not that debt is sinful. Nowhere in, in, in the Bible is debt ever painted as a sinful activity. But to me, it's a wisdom issue. And the risk is that it, enslave, it can enslave you, as you rightly say, as interest rates rise. And so the dilemma across the Western world is you've had 30 years of money getting cheaper and cheaper, i.e. interest rates falling and falling. We're now at sort of what would appear to be the bottom of that. You know, make, could always go low. You could always go negative rates like they have in parts of Europe and Japan. But for the most part, it appears to be the bottom. And now if rates rise, the question is what will happen to many Australian households who have taken on huge amounts of debt? And from a Christian perspective, God, firstly, as you say, he wants us to be free. He doesn't want us to be enslaved. But he also wants us free so that we can achieve kingdom purposes with the money he's given us if you're enslaved to debt it's very hard for you to be generous and to sow into you know kingdom causes so my message to listeners is with debt i'm not saying no you should have none but what i am saying is you should have aim to have as little debt as possible get out of it as quick as you can and never let your debt interfere with your ability to live a generous uh, and faithful christian life the devil wants you enslaved god wants you free and free to be able to do good with what he's given you a certain sense here alex what if i am fearful that if i put god in charge of my finances that somehow or other i'll be worse off uh, because this is the thought that some people have uh, because you know the thought that uh, oh there's the church asking for money again you know i'm going to give an offering at the at church this week will i give a little or will i give uh, something that stretches me there's a certain fear that some people have uh, that uh, you know if i put god in charge maybe that'll make me poor but that's not the story of history is it well yeah in fact i'd say the opposite is is the case you know the bible um uh, makes it very clear that of who God's character is. I mean, when we think about it, God is the ultimate giver. I mean, obviously one of the most famous verses of all is John 3.16, where it says, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So God is by nature a giver. And of course, another way to think of God is as a loving father. I mean, most fathers I know, and you know, we're all fallible human beings, but most fathers I know want good things for their children. You know, they want a good education for their kids. They don't want hardship for their children. And it's if, if we have a loving God, how much more does he love us more than our own earthly fathers? And my view is very simple. God loves you so much that he does want to provide for you and he does want to meet your needs. Now, there are times, though, where God may withhold you from you only because he doesn't want money to harm you. In other words, you're sort of just getting by because God is trying to teach you something and teach you to trust in him. But notwithstanding that, God actually does want you to do well. He doesn't want you to be struggling. He wants you to be doing well so that you can do good with it as a loving father would. You know, I, I've got four kids and I want to see them do well, not just financially, but in every sense of, of it. You know, and the, the Bible makes it clear that God does want us to prosper. Now, of course, the word prosper has been distorted due to the prosperity gospel. But the Bible says that God desires it, that we prosper in all things, just as our soul prospers. And so. Uh, that God desires good things for you and for your finances. But the key thing I think here, uh, and that I'd really encourage listeners, is to be obedient to God with your money. In other words, do things God's way and, and trust in him. Because when you do it God's way, 
um, rather than you know allowing the devil to influence us, then we will see good things come into our life um, because God's ways work. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, His way is by far the <laughs> by far the easiest way and, and the least painful way. <laughs> um, notwithstanding that He will di- He will discipline us from time to time. <laughs> Alex, As I've experienced. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and, you know, so many of us listening into a conversation like this today, some will be at different places to others. Uh, some who are saying, well, I've been listening in to Alex Cook on our Ask Alex segment. I'm getting that sort of wealth foundation in place and things are starting to grow slowly. Others are saying, well, I've been rebellious against this sort of thing. Uh, maybe it's time to turn over a new leaf. If you're going to make a start and get this foundation in place... Uh, interestingly, while we're talking about the spiritual issues around money today, uh, where would you start to get things in place? Or even if you've got some sort of great foundation that's uh, that's forming there, and you're wanting to take things on, uh, dealing with these spiritual issues could be important. Uh, what do you? What's your advice for people just to say, okay, we've got to get things right with God here and move in a different tra- tra- trajectory? Yeah, look, absolutely. So there's a couple of, I guess, foundational principles that I I lay out here. One of the big issues in Australian society is we're all running around. We're all very busy. And so, unfortunately, we don't necessarily make enough time for God. The the thing, and I've, I've said this before, is the remarkable thing about the Christian faith is that we have a personal God who wants us to walk with him. God wants you to be able to reach out to him and talk to him 24-7. And I think it, as the world gets more turbulent, as, as it is so obviously becoming at the moment, we need to walk closely with him. And that that involves spending time with him. And, and I say this in a way, it's not meant to be a chore. This is meant to be something that you enjoy. Spending time with God is a joy. And I, I would say you start your day with worship, start your day with um, Bible reading, and, and with prayer, those those key foundational things, worship, prayer, and Bible reading, as and that will draw you closer to God. And the idea here is to seek God for wisdom in your financial decisions. Include him in them. You know, too often we, we get our financial information from all sort of secular sources, whether it's the media and so forth, but we want to... The Bible itself is full of wisdom on scripture on money, but we want to include God in our financial decisions. So when you're praying about various things, you know whether you should rent here or buy this and sell that, all those sort of things, include God in those financial decisions because that will help set you up. Now it doesn't mean you, you'll make perfect decisions all the time, but it'll set you up and set you on the right track. And sort of the the last sort of element to add to that is to be to make sure you guard your heart. And what do I mean by this? Well, I sort of gave the example before, you know, when I was a young guy, I was 21, stockbroker. Uh, the world influenced me in quite negative ways. You know, I got my identity from the job I had and so forth. And so one of the the risks is that the devil takes use, uses money against you and takes you away from your love of God. And with what's going on at the world at the moment, there's all sorts of things that may creep in, whether it's fear, uh, whether it's greed, all those sorts of things. So you need to guard your heart. And, and make sure that you're not allowing uh, the evil one to influence you. And of course, you can seek the counsel of others for that kind of thing as well. You know, we should talk to other believers, you know, whether it's uh, close friends or whether it's your pastor. It could be just, you know, older members of your church who have sort of treaded the path before. But seek the wise counsel of others. So that way you can make good financial decisions and, 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 and learn. You know, life is a process of learning, making a few mistakes along the way. Try and minimize them as much as you can. 
But you'll do that through you know, seeking God, spending time with him, learning what his word says, and seeking the counsel of others. So there's some sort of foundational things to help people get started. Always wonderful wisdom, Alex Cook. And uh, time has run out for today. Let me point listeners to how they can connect with you. Alex Cook is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. He is a finance expert. Wealthwithpurpose.com is his website. There's all sorts of great free resources you'll find on wealthwithpurpose.com. You can also follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There is even an Ask Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com email address. Alex, great insights. Thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you.